Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. And as we be seated in heavenly places, we give God the glory, give God the praise. We give Him the honor for what He continues to do in our lives. So let's go into the Bible, right? And then understand the essence of the tithing, as in the way many people understand it. Now, let me, let me, let me come from this angle. Please pay attention, because this message is very important. If any person you understand it. The concept of the titan represents something simple. That may be part illusion. The concept of the titan represents the idea that you have set aside some amount of money, resources, okay, so that you take it to the house of the Lord and give it to God. Now, we call it in this church as Thanksgiving offering, and I'll address that. So, the, the whole concept of setting aside, putting, uh, let's say, something aside that belongs to God did not start only in the law of Moses. No. It did not start with Moses. That understanding of putting something aside so that you take it to glorify God, so that you use it as a reference point for what God has done in your life did not start only under Moses. Please pay attention. It started way back in the Garden of Eden. Way back in the Garden. And we're going to go there. Turn your Bible to Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. Now we're going to read from verse number 15. Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Did you see that? You shall surely die. Now, why did God tell him not to touch it? God told him not to touch that tree because God was reminding Adam and Eve that, listen, whatever you have in this garden, it was given to you. You don't have the liberty to eat everything that is in this garden. Whatever you have here, I God gave to you. So as long as you did not eat right from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was a way of saying that God is my source. Come on, are you here? It was a way of teaching Adam to understand that God is my source. Because if 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 Adam was responsible for everything in the garden, nobody could have restricted him. 
No, God couldn't have restricted him to tell him that, hey, you are free to eat of any other thing, but this one don't touch it. So what was the, the, the lesson in that command? In, the lesson in that command was that God was telling Adam, hey, don't think you are completely free. You are responsible to account for whatever you have in this garden. This one is not for you. Now, the point is this. What made the tree of good, the knowledge of good and evil, belong to God? The moment Adam and his wife ate of that tree, you know what happened? They sinned. You understand what I mean? They sinned against God because God said, don't touch this one. This one is for me, you understand, to have an understanding of, but don't touch it. So the concept of setting aside money and putting something aside for the Lord did not start only under the law. It's something that has started way back. God always wants us to, you know, find something, put it aside, so that we know that He's our source. You see, if, if you, you feel like, oh, uh, I work hard for the money that I have. I, I, I toy for the money that I have. Everything that I have, it, 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 like people call it, I am a self-made billionaire. That is rubbish. Nobody can be self-made. Nobody can be self-made. You, let me tell you, even if you, you started a business and then you became a billionaire, if nobody patronized what you sold, you couldn't have become a billionaire. So that term, self-made billionaire or millionaire or whatever, for me, it does not add up. Because whatever you did, apart from, even if you inherited, eh? even if your father left you so much money, at least someone gave it to you. Even if you did not work, and um, they, they gave that to you uh, with a golden spoon in your mouth, even with that, someone had bequeathed his wealth to you. Let me tell you something, saints. Understand this today. In this world, if you take out relationships, uh, how you relate to one another, if you take that one out of this world, no world is existing. The main reason, listen, this world is a giant ecosystem of relationships. So you cannot say, I am what I am today because of my hard work, because of the... No, 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 no. You went to school for someone to teach you something to become what you are today. If you do not go to school, you will not become what you are today. Someone gave back to you for you to come into this world. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's stop thinking that, oh, I am what I am because I work hard. I did this. Come on. It is, it is a selfish, evil mentality. So, the idea is that God is the source of everything that I have. Say, God is the source of everything that I have. Say, everything that I have comes from God. Yeah. So, now, God taught Adam. Say, hey, listen. You cannot eat everything. I gave you. I tell you what to eat. Now, eat everything, but this tree don't touch it. Simple. And when he touched it, he fell. Amen? Now, let's look at another thing. Genesis chapter 4. I'm just trying to show you that even before the Lord came, setting aside offerings and, and tithes and stuff like that existed before the law. 
I guess what I'm saying. Alright. Genesis chapter 4, are you from verse number 1? It says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of, sorry, of the sheep, but was a tiler, and Cain was a tiler of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruits of the ground to the Lord. Abel also of the firstborn of his flock. Did you see that? And of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Why, why did that happen? Because Abel brought the firstborn. Remember, like the, the concept of, of Titan setting aside. Tight does not mean, you understand, like after, it's your first one. Whatever income that you get, before you even take one CD out, one dollar out, one pound out, to do anything, it is that first thing you set aside. That is the understanding. So realize that the reason Abel's offering was respected was because he took the first ball which were fat and they were very well and gave it as an offering so abel understood the concept that listen the first one and the best one always belongs to god but what did Cain do Cain went to his farm and just you know probably took the ones that have been eaten by some torment took some uh, you know the idea a lot of people do they just you know take some something and then say this one is for god I have seen people who, when they are going to give an offering, they will give very old notes. And they have in their wallet brand new fresh notes. And so, ah, oh, Charlie, actually, this one will. Ah, this fresh note, I'll use it for my something. I'll not give it to church, uh, to the Lord. And they will take the old note that is, that is tearing apart, and then they put it in the offering. So, at the church, we take it to bank. <laughs> you see your heart? You think God does not deserve your best? You think God deserves, oh, as for you, you can give God anything. But you cannot give him that. Abel gave God his best. He set aside something powerful. I get it. Do you understand the concept now? All right. Go to chapter 14 of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 14. And then I read from verse 18. Genesis 14, from verse number 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Now, now remember, for you to even get out of the context of this one, I was like showing us, let's go back a bit. Verse 13. Go to verse 13. Genesis chapter 14 from verse 13. Then the one who had escaped came and told Abraham, the Hebrew, for he dwelt by the turbines, prince of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eskel and brother of Anna. And they were allies with Abraham. Now when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his 318 trained servants who were born in his own home. Uh, in, in his own house and went in 
pursued as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night, and he and his servants attacked them and pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. So he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shaveh, that is the king's valley, after his return from the defeat of Chaldeloma. And the kings who were with him. Now verse 18. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of God most high. And he blessed him and said, Bless the Abraham of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God most high, who have delivered your enemies into your hand. And look at what Abraham did. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all the things that he returned. Amen. Now the king of Sodom said to Abraham, Give me the presents and take the coins for yourself. So, after Abraham returned with the goose and the priest, remember that when we read the book of Hebrews chapter 7, which I think we will go to read it, Melchizedek is a sign of the Lord. So, what happened? He blessed Abraham. And when he blessed him, Abraham in return did what? Gave him the tithe, the tenth. You see, now how things are. Even this whole concept is understandable. In Genesis, in the Genesis account, in the early one, God blessed Adam and Eve, didn't he? He blessed him. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Afterwards, God said, don't tax this one. So you realize that God even blesses you. And then when he blesses you, he tells you, this one, leave it for me. Are you getting the concept here? When, when Abel, okay, was blessed with, the, with, with um, his, his um, business, if I can put it that way, he took the best and gave it to God. Abraham too, after he gave, you understand, he was blessed before he gave the tithe. Are you getting it now? You see, people read Malachi chapter 3, and they said, ah, if you don't give the tithe, God will not bless you. But they forget that the reason God said in Malachi 3 that when you give your tithe, I will bless you, is that the children of Israel had already failed to bring and to recognize God as their source. So the tithe is not, come on, listen, the tithe is not the trigger for the blessing. But the blessing is the trigger for the tithe. Now, I'm, I'm using the term tithe for now, but I know I'm heading towards teaching you why it is thanksgiving. So, God said, you see, I have blessed you. I, the Lord, I have blessed you. But you, you have not returned to me with your tithe. In other words, you are failing to recognize me as your source. But I'm telling you that you have not returned to me with your tithe. And, 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 and the children of, of Levi, they are in the temple and they don't have food. Their storehouse is dried up. There's nothing in there. 
But I'm blessing you. I'm, I'm giving you. Your business is booming. Everything is going on well with you. But you have not returned to the storehouse. Which were tight. So because of that, children of Israel, I'm telling you, you are robbing me. You are cheating me. I'm blessing you. Yeah, understand. I'm blessing you, but you're not giving any, anything back to me. So if you're not going to do it, then it's like now I'm not going to do anything for you again. That is the meaning of the curse that he said there. But if you remember that I am your source, then when you return to the storehouse with your tithe, then I'm going to continue what I'm doing already. I'm going to bless you, right? So that you get so much and then you bring the tithe. So the tithe is not the trigger for the blessing. The blessing is the trigger for the tithing. Because the tithing is what you do to say, God, I appreciate you for what you have done for me. I understand what I'm saying now. Because Abraham, he gave the tithe when he was blessed. Remember, Melchizedek, even himself, he brought out wine and bread. And a lot of people believe that that wine and bread represents the body of Christ and the blood of Jesus as well. So he brought it out to bless. And when he was blessed, what happened? He gave the tithe as thanksgiving. Amen. Genesis 28. Genesis chapter number 28. Verse 20. Genesis 28 verse 20. Uh, let's do from 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stones that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been used previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat, pay attention, and give me bread to eat, and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house, and all, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Are you here with me? Are you paying attention? Please don't sleep on me. Pay attention. Very important. I'm proving to you that the understanding of Titan predated the law. Jacob is saying that if God is going to give me bread to eat, give me clothes to put on, and help me to return to my father's house in peace, and out of everything that God gives me, I will make him my God, and I'll give him the tenth of everything. In other words, <laughs> Jacob was not willing to give a tenth until he has received something from God. So the proper understanding of the tithe is not to say that I am giving the tithe so that God will bless me. No, God will not teach me like that. Whatever God demands from you, he will first give you. And then we give you the basis to honor him for that. Now you didn't hear what I just said. Please pay attention, pay attention. I said whatever God expects you to do for him, he will first of all give you. 
the reason to even do it for him. In other words, God cannot harvest what he has not sown. That is why that, that parable of the talent, the talent, what that, 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 um, the one who received one talent said was a wicked statement. Because even if it was one, the master had given him one talent and that gave him the right to also demand something from him. I get what I'm saying. So, nobody can say that the tithe is what brings down the blessing. If you talk like that, you are not teaching the right thing. Alright. Are you here with me? Understand it too. Now let's look under the law. Let's go into the law aspect and see the understanding of tithe, okay, or setting aside something for God. How was the understanding? Are you here with me? You are looking very down this one. Some of you are dozing off and sleeping. Pay attention, pay attention. Very important. Leviticus chapter 27. Leviticus chapter number 27. Leviticus chapter number 27. Leviticus 27. I read from verse number 27. It says, and if it is, sorry, 26. Uh, 22. So I'm sorry. 22. Sorry, let's start from verse 22. Leviticus 27 from verse 22. And if a man says to the Lord a field which he has built, which is not the field of his possession, then the priest shall reckon to him the worth of your valuation up to the year of Jubilee, and he shall give your valuation on that day as a holy offering to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field shall return to him from whom it was bought, to the one who owned the land as a possession. And all your valuations shall be according to the second of the century, 20 gera to the second. Verse 26. But the firstborn of the animals, which should be the last firstborn, remember, firstborn, the best part. No man shall dedicate it, whether it is an ox or sheep. It is the Lord's. Verse 27. And if it is an unclean animal, then he shall redeem it accordingly to evaluation, and shall add one foot to it. Or if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to evaluation. Now, this is where a lot of people teach it in their churches and say, ah, if you don't if you don't give your tithe, right, this month, or uh, if you spend your tithe, if you spend your tithe, they are supposed to add five percent more. <laughs> To it and then bring it. So if you are paying ten percent, you pay fifty percent. All of those are just unfortunate. I was I was going to use a much stronger word, but all of that kind of teaching they are they are unfortunate, right? Verse twenty nine. No person under the ban who may become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. Did you see that now? All the tithe of the land, 
of the fruit of the land is the Lord. And are you understanding it? Please, please, please. You are not in church with me. All the tithes is the Lord. Is the Lord. It belongs to God. Okay. It is holy to the Lord. Verse 31. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one foot to it. And concerning the tithe of the head or the flock of whatever passes under the world, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall we exchange, exchange it. And if he exchanges it at all, then both it and the one exchange for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. So, the, the concept of the tithe, the concept of the tithe was to set aside something for the Lord. You see, the, the concept has not changed when God was telling Moses. It has not changed. Set aside them for the Lord. It belongs to God. So, when you don't understand that we set aside something for God, then what people have misinterpreted in Malachi chapter 3 would be what you be running with. Because the blessing does not come after the tithe. The tithing was coming after the blessing. It's clear. We have read a lot of scriptures. We understand. Let's move on. Numbers chapter 18. Under the law. What was the understanding? Numbers chapter number 18. Numbers chapter number 18. And I read from verse number 15. Numbers 18 verse 15. Everything that first opens the womb of all flesh, which they bring to the Lord, whether man or beast shall be yours. Nevertheless, the firstborn of man you shall surely redeem. And the firstborn of unclean animals you shall redeem. And those redeemed of the devoted things you shall redeem when one month old. According to your valuation for five shekels of silver. According to the shekel of the century, which is 20 gera. In other words, you see, there were valuations. I, I, we read earlier on that. All of the givings to the to God when taken to the house of your, to the temple, they are evaluation. So, for example, you want to you want to come and give God your car, for example. I mean, unless that car is used specifically for the, the church's activities, if you don't need it, the most important thing is that we take it to a garage, evaluate it, we get cash, and then we give them the the the, the, the vehicle, and then we use the money to be a blessing to people and to do the things of God. So, people were bringing items that maybe the temple didn't need them but had to be evaluated and it was like if you go to the temple right it was like you go to the temple and you find the values of items being, being posted there literally so if you bring in um, a ship to the house of the lord they said this ship the value is this. you understand if you don't want to even take the ship as a physical ship it's okay 
the value of the ship is let's say five shekels. A shekel is like I think a dollar or something like that. So like five dollars or five cities. And then he said, okay, instead of me taking a ship, I'll take five cities as an equivalent of what I wanted to take. I usually pay somebody. So that's what God at Moses was sharing with them. But the understanding had never changed. Right? Has never changed. Let's read on. Now, verse 17. But the firstborn of a, of a cow, the firstborn of a sheep, or of the first of a goat, you shall not redeem. They are holy. You shall sprinkle their blood on the altar and burn their fat as an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. And their flesh shall be yours, just as the wave rests, and the right tide are yours. Verse 19. All the heave offering of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord, I have given to you and your sons and your daughters with you as ordinances forever. It is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you. Then the Lord said to Aaron, You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. Behold, verse 21, I have given the children of Elivah all the tithe. Now listen, God say, I have given, I, 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 have given the children of Israel all the tithe in Israel as an inheritance in return. Do you see that? In return. Malachi 3. In return for the work which they perform. The work of the tabernacle of meeting. Hereafter, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. But the Levites shall perform the work of the tabernacle of meeting, and they shall bear their iniquity. They shall be a statute forever throughout your generations, that among the children of Israel they shall have no inheritance. For the tithe of the children of Israel, which they offer up as a heap offering to the Lord, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. Therefore, I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. So now, the, the, the Levites, which are the workers of the temple, their portion was with God. So, the, the, the Levi siblings, the rest of them, they will go and they will take their tithe to the temple as they are giving to God, right? God in turn will now say, okay, Levite, you have no inheritance or possession on the land. What is mine is now yours. Take it. Get it now. Because God will make sure to bless the rest of the eleven. For them to have, you know, what it is to come and honor him as their source. And by doing that, the Levite also will receive something. Are you getting the picture here? So the concept of setting aside whatever to, to honor God and to thank him for what he has given you never started under the law. Right from the beginning. Right? Let's move on. Deuteronomy chapter 14. I'm going to read the verses very, very fast now. Deuteronomy chapter number 14. Deuteronomy 14. Verse 22. And it said, You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. Ah, I thought I need to tithe for the food to increase. No? He said, You tithe out of your increase. 
In other words, when you when God has blessed you and has given you something, then you put aside the tithe and come and thank him. Are you getting a picture here? And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your hand of your heads and your flock that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if the journey is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange it for money. Take the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord God has God chooses. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires. For oxen, for sheep, for wine, similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gate, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. Amen. Are you, get, are you seeing that the thing is consistent? Yeah? I hope you're getting it. The, the same thought is flowing from Genesis and has arrived at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 16. Go to 16. 16. I read from verse 13. It said, You shall observe the feast of the tabernacle seven days, when you have gathered from your threshold floor and from your land press. Verse 14. And you shall rejoice in your feast, you and your sons and your daughters, your male servants and your female servants, and the Levites, the stranger, and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gate. Seven days you shall keep a sacred feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands so that you surely rejoice. I get it. Verse 16. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the feast of unleavened bread at the feast of meats and at the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as his able, according to the blessings of the Lord God has given to you. Amen. So you don't give based on what God has not given to you. Come on, someone, are you here with me, church? That is why the Bible says God loves except you give Because <laughs> come on. God will not demand from you when he knows he has not given to you. So why, why will you give gradually? Because you know God has blessed you and has given you a million dollars. So if God is asking you to give $100,000, why should you be complaining? That, that, that is the technical part of it. Why should you be complaining? Because God blessed you with $1 million. And per the tenth of the world, giving $100,000 as your, as your tithe, per the, the whole thought, should not be something that you should, you should really bother. You know, many people are not prosperous not because God has not blessed them. Because they have not acknowledged God as their source. They have not gone back to God with something in their hand and said, Father, I thank you for what you are giving me. That is the whole concept of the tithe. And the truth is that God is not even demanding everything from you. All that he is saying is that set aside whatever income you have. Whatever you have, put something aside as he lays on your heart. Put it aside. Every once, whatever in a month, we do it in this church. 
bring it as a thanksgiving offering. So that God can continue doing whatever he's doing in your life. But he's the source. Amen. Now, you know that Jesus, even in Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, you know Jesus was somebody who came and even lived by the law. He told them that they should, they should not stop doing the tithe. Now, I'm bringing, setting aside something, nobody would put it aside. There is something that has been there. You understand? So, clearly, why do we believe that tithe is more of our thanksgiving offering to God rather than it being what triggers the blessing? Because we have shown in scriptures right now that Malachi chapter 3 has definitely been misunderstood. If God does not bless you, technically, he doesn't expect anything from you. I do what I'm saying. But the reality is that God always blesses us with something. The difference is that do you acknowledge that, oh, that 10 cities you got is from God? Do you acknowledge that that one city you got is from God? Do you acknowledge that that 1,000 you got is from God? That is where the problem is. A lot of people think that, oh, I went to work and they paid me. They, don't for, they forget that it is God who blessed them with the work. Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Psalm number 50. From verse number 10. Psalm number 50 from verse 10. It says, For every beast of the forest is mine. This is God speaking. And the cattle on the thousand hills. I know all the bears of the mountains. And the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. For the world is mine. And all its fullness. Will I eat the flesh of bulls? Or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God thanksgiving. And pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the days of trouble and I'll deliver you and you shall glorify me. <laughs> now God was just trying to prove to us everything he says. Offer him thanksgiving. Because when you acknowledge that everything is from God, then what you bring to him is thanksgiving. You see, the focus has been on the percentage rather than the essence of the title in the old. That is unfortunate. So when we say Thanksgiving offering in this stage, we are going beyond percentages to the purpose of that very offering. Because every time we set aside something, whether any offering we set aside to give to God, we are saying, Father, we thank you. You are the source. Everything is yours. Father, thank you for giving me something. It's not about me going to work. Oh, this is my salary. I work hard for it. Who told you work hard for it? You didn't work hard for it. If God did not give you that job, you would have had it. If God did not give you that business, and uh, for people to even come to your, your business to patronize from you, you wouldn't be sitting here. So everything you give to God, please be humble. Let that pride go out of your window and say, Father, I thank you. I thank you for, for even letting customers buy from me. 
I thank you for, for helping me keep my job up to today. I thank you. I received my salary, but Father Lord, I thank you. I know the salary came from you. You might be thinking that this is, oh, this doesn't make sense. But the point is this. It doesn't make sense as a child of God if you think that you are what you are by your own strength. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't glorify God. When we read Second Corinthians chapter 5, it said, all things are from God. My wealth is from God. My house is from God. My car is from God. You see, this morning when I was taking the shower before coming to church, the Holy Spirit dropped something very important to me. And when I came to church and I was praying, he continued. He said, everything you have is a seed. Everything you have. And God, okay, put that as a seed. And you know, you know there are some people, all that they think about is results. Do you know there's a difference between results and bearing fruit? You see, when you are gaining results, it's just for yourself. But when you are bearing fruit, it's for the benefit of others. Because no, no, see, fruit is to be eaten. I can eat of the fruit of my, of my labor. That's not a problem. But will somebody also benefit from what you have? You see, you realize that all the offerings that were given to God, he directed them to people. Ah, Karabado Sheata. Because if there were no children of Levi to receive the portion of God, what was God going to use the money for? All the goats and the sheep and the money, the shekels and the, the gift to the temple. If God did not dedicate his portion to somebody, how was, how was whatever they were going to, be, going to be used for? That should tell you that what you do for somebody is doing it to God. Are you here with me? So when you bring when you bring your offerings to church, first of all, you are saying, Father, I thank you. But most importantly, the onus is on the church to use that offering and that thanksgiving offering to be a blessing to other people. And I and I saw in the law, okay, the Levites, the, the pastors and the ushers, they, they benefited from it. Please, are you here with me, church? Don't be full of pride to say uh, it is very it is it is pride for you to say me I, I will not give my thanksgiving after oh as for the title it's, it's useless you don't understand it I, I believe with all my heart we are not limited to ten percent understand the concept when you understand it you are not limited to ten percent that's why here we say it's thanksgiving it, uh, God can lay on heart give twenty percent of whatever income you have, 30%. Give 1%. The principle is the same. Acknowledging God as your source. That is all that matters. I guess what I'm saying. It's not about percentages. You can give percentages, 10%, 50%, yet you don't understand why you are doing it and you miss it. And you try pride will fill your heart. I work hard. I wake up early. I go to work. Why should I go and give the church or give something to the man of God? Or do you, know, you, you are full of pride. Arrogance will destroy you. People are boasting. I have money. It's my own money. Who told you it's your own money? I just, uh, we, we, <laughs> knows there's a, there's a rich man around the corner who just died recently. Money. He died. He didn't take a cent. One dollar did not go with him. And Solomon said, Kwasiebi, and he will destroy everything that he has. So you see, if today you have something and you are not giving, see, 
it has hey, don't you cannot boast because of what you possess. Yeah? If that is your mentality, you are very poor. Very, very poor. When you acknowledge that whatever you have is from God, giving will become your national anthem. You are always looking for something to give. Because you cannot be bearing fruit if you are not giving. You can't bear fruit if you are not giving. How can you bear how can you bear fruit? How can someone come to you and acknowledge that you are bearing the fruit of God if you are not giving? It's impossible. Are you here with me? Proverbs chapter three. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wow. I'm enjoying the message. Are you enjoying the message? So powerful. Proverbs chapter number three. Proverbs chapter number three. Let's read, let's all of us read verse number nine. Proverbs chapter number three, verse number nine. He said, let's all, are you there? If you're there, let's, let's all read it with a loud voice. One together, one to go. I'm not the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase. And then he went on to verse 10 and said, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats would overflow with new wine. You see? So, when you're looking at the cycle, listen, please pay attention. If you're looking at the cycle of prosperity, right? The cycle always begins with a blessing. So, God first will bless you, right? And then when he blesses you, you prosper, you have plenty, and then you give, right? Any kind of giving, your thanksgiving offering, any offering, you, and then you give, and then it comes back to the blessing. That is how, that is the cycle. So blessing starts, the Bible says, is the blessing of the Lord that maketh you rich. Ask no sorrow. So first, what's the name of blessing? Blessing means good word. Words that empower you to prosper. Curse is a bad word that takes a lot of things from you. But when you are receiving, blessing is not the same as prosperity. There are two different things. If you get my book, Prosperity in Christ, he says you're going to understand it in detail. They are not the same. So God will give you the good word. For example, um, Prophet Game is going to start a business. And then God will bless his business. And say, from today, people will buy from you. You will not lack customers. Money will overflow. He said, these are words. Good words that God gives to him. Now, when he starts the business, and then people begin to buy from him, it's because the blessing has gone out to him. And then he get increase, right? As soon as he gets increase, people are buying from him. The next thing that he's supposed to do, because he's, he has a lot of customers because of the blessing, he also begins to give. I get him now. Now he begins to give. Now as he is giving, based on the understanding that it is God who has blessed me and I'm prosperous because of him, God continues to flourish him with more blessing. So God is saying that, ah, okay, he's prosperous, now he's giving. Okay, then more blessing is coming. Oh, it will always be increasing. Now God will be feeding him with more blessing. So as you also increase in prosperity, so that he can also increase in giving. So your giving must match your increase. Your prosperity must be equal to your giving. Ah, first you used to be, you used to be giving offering. Five Ghana cities. Now by the grace of God, God has increased your income. And you are still giving five cities. There's something wrong with you. Something really wrong with you. I'm telling you the truth. How can you be giving five cities still when God has increased your salary? God has increased your pay. So, at the end of the day, whatever you give must be equal to what God has blessed you with. 
If God has not given you anything, then I'm sorry, but we know that God has blessed us in Christ. Right? Ephesians chapter number one says that we are blessed with all spiritual blessing. So a child of God cannot say me, I don't have anything. Because the first used to be given two cities. Now God has blessing. You know, I said millennia, so he must give more. No one is here. First, you should be given one city. Now, God, God has blessed her. She should be given more. Yeah? Because we cannot be given how it used to be. See, make up your mind. See, I, I decided. I said, Lord, anytime you give me more, there's no way I'm going to give less. I, 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 made, it, I made it. I made it. I made that my mind. Because I had this revelation. Anytime God gives you more, I give more. I give more. Yeah. Last time, see, I've, I've come here and I've given God, uh, what, what, whatever I come to church and I give, God, I always ask God. I'm not, I'm not joking. I always ask God. God it's not like, oh, Charlie, I'm going to five in front of That's not the attitude I have. Yeah. Intentionally ask God, God, how much do you want me to give today? He always lives by my heart. So I have come to tell that all that I have on me, go with me on my heart and I'll come and give it. And when I do it, I'm not doing complaining. I'm doing because I know He is my source. He is my source. Say, God is my source. Your business is not your source of income. Your PhD, your degree is not your source of income. Your job is not your security. Do you know what it is? God. When you wake up in the morning and you know that it is God who is supplying me business opportunities customers. He's the one that is... You, you think that you are keeping your job because you are a smart worker? I'm sorry. I'm here to disappoint you. That is a powerful statement. I am who I am because of God. Do you think I stand here, I can write a book every month this year if God did not give me the grace? Do you know what it, it takes to sit down and write one book? Somebody has written one book. For 10 years, the person has not finished. Do you know what it takes to sit down on your buttocks and write a book. And it's not like I'm, I'm, we sit down and we write. I'll be a fool not to acknowledge God that he's the one who has given me the grace to be writing every month. I'll be a fool. And when I finish, I'll be, hey, I, I've written such and so many books and I'll be full of pride. No! I have told, I, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, the first $1,000 you give me out of the book sale, I'm giving it to you. After God, the first $1,000 I get out of the book sales, it, it will not enter my stomach. I'll show it as a thanksgiving. And I'll be increasing my thanksgiving on my book sales. Because ah. I have understanding. Amen, somebody. I get my picture. So, so, if you know you are blessed by God, then you must return to him. Your thanksgiving. Honor him. Some of you will dishonor God. You sit in church here, a whole month you eat, you, you have money, but you never come and say, Father, this is my thanksgiving offering. Please, thank you for giving me money for the month. Amen. Now, Second Corinthians chapter number nine. We are about to touch down. We are almost done. 
Second Corinthians chapter number nine. Second Corinthians chapter number nine. And I read verse number ten. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I love this. You know, we, we, a lot of people focus on the verse six and all of that. But I love this. I love this. I love this. I love this so much. Can we all read verse ten together? Second Corinthians chapter number nine. And we read verse number 10 together. If we are there, let's go. One to go. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. Oh, amen. Who supplies seed? Who supplies seed? Who supplies bread? That's why I told you that the Holy Spirit told me this one. He said, everything you have in your life is a seed. It's a seed. It's a seed. So I give. Because I, you know, God has planted in me for me to bear fruit. Amen, somebody. Everything I will do is a seed. Now, three things. Three reasons we must always thank God. Quickly that we are done. Three reasons we must thank God. One, thanking God always tests our hearts. Thanking God always tests our hearts. Remember the story of the telepaths? Jesus said, only one went back to thank him. He said, where are the nine? Only one went back to thank him. Now when you read Second Corinthians chapter number 8, when you read from verse number um, 3, it says, for I bear witness that according to their ability, that is the people of Macedonia, yes. And beyond their ability, they were fully willing. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And only as we had hope that they first gave themselves to the Lord and then and to us by the will of God. So we asked Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you are bound in everything, in faith, in speech, and in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you are bound in the grace of giving also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. So when you give, you give your thanksgiving offering. You give other forms of offering. You are testing your sincerity for the love of God. Amen. Now, two, the second reason we give our thanksgiving offering is to prove that God is our source. I have repeated it several times. When you go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it is recorded that God gave the power to create wealth. God is the one who has given the power to create wealth. It's not you who have the power to create wealth. But it is God that has given you the power to create wealth. Probably let's read it. It's, it's a very powerful um, verse. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Deuteronomy chapter number 8 verse 18. And it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it, as it is this day. Amen, somebody. 
So it is God who gives the power to create wealth. We know Proverbs 10, 22, God is the one that gives us a blessing to be wealthy. So when I'm giving, listen, when I'm giving to church, when I'm giving to people, I'm not giving because I am doing anyone a favor. Please take that, that thing out of your mind. I'm not doing because I'm doing somebody a favor. And I, and I helped him, and I gave him money, and I did it. These are all proudful statements. Be humble. You don't give because you are doing someone a favor. You are doing it in honor of God. Because it's my source of money. It's my source of my wealth. It's my source of everything. Amen, somebody. So when I have that mentality, that it means that everything that I'm doing, God will prosper it. Because he knows I acknowledge him. I remember that he's my source. Are you here with me, somebody? If God is your source, do you think he will not preserve what you do? Do you think he will not protect you? Who? He will protect you. So, when, when people use Malachi chapter 3, and say, if you tight, then God will protect you. They don't understand what they are saying. Remember he said, and I'll preserve, you know, I'll, um, I'll keep the devourer away from you. The Malachi chapter 3. No, people use that one. And say, tight, if you tight, 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 go. Listen, God has blessed you. The reason God will keep away the devourer from you is because you know that everything you have is from him. Can the devil touch what belongs to God? Can the devil really touch what belongs to God? No, he cannot. But the reason the devil will touch what you are having is because you think, ah, I'm self-made billionaire. I've sweated hard to get where I'm getting now. Do you know, do you know how I struggle to go where I am? I don't joke with my money. The devil will come after you. And when the devil comes after you, everything that you have will crash because you have not connected what you have to God. But when you connect what you have to God, that is my source. My money is my source. My children is, is, is from God. My business is from God. My ministry is from God. Let me tell you, the devil will do whatever. But you will never be crushed. You will never be crushed. Amen, somebody. Yeah. We are always standing strong because we know who we are from. God is our source. But if you don't know that God is your source, then I'm sorry. When people are going about, they are looking, oh, I need a job that can pay me well. I need a, I need a job that can take good care of me. You see? Yes, good salary is nice and all of that. But that is not the reason you are there. If God gives you a job that you are paying, for example, even 100 cities a whole month, which is not correct, but that's an example. If God says, go for that job that is 100 cities, you know that he's the source of that job. You should know that that 100 cities will turn into a million. He knows why he's giving you that. Are you here with me, somebody? Yes. God always starts things. Okay. Kido, you know, in Swahili, we call it small, small means kidogo to kidogo. In Swahili, small, small. He starts in small, but puts the dynamite of greatness in that small thing. Before you're like, boom, you have exploded. And you have become very big. The secret of maintaining a successful life in the eyes of God is to acknowledge that He is your source. Please, if there's anything you're going to take home, take home today. Take this thing and bless it. Change the way you are thinking about your finances. Change the way you are thinking about what you have. Don't say, I have, it is mine, it is mine. God is your source. Go and ask those who have died. Go to Arudini and ask them. All the money that you had, did they bring anything here? They'll tell you no. When we go to heaven, when the rapture happens, and we go to heaven, huh? 
Rihanna, do you think you take your house to heaven? And you take it. You take it. All the containers you have shipped to Tamahabo. If the, your container arrives at Tamahabo today and Jesus comes, all those 50 containers, you have to. <laughs> I know what I'm saying. So please, let God be your source. And the more you say, God, hey, do not be here with Jumaya and Yosu. Say, we are Sajina. You see, your business will flourish. Maybe you get the strength to do that business. See, I, I, I sit down behind my books I'm writing. And sometimes I don't even get it, like where the strength comes from. Because you find me doing three, four, five things at the same time. And then God will just give me the strength to go through. If not for him, I don't think I'll be standing here. He's the source. Raise your hand and say, God is my source. You see, you have not acknowledged that God is the source of your business. You enjoyed. You enjoyed. I see more doors open up to you. As I see more great things coming to you. I am seeing it literally. I'm not just joking. I'm, I'm telling you that doors have been opened to you. The blessings of the Lord is bringing you wealth, bringing you plenty, bringing you abundance. And I see you increasing in your giving. Oh, your seeds are multiplied. Your giving shall increase. You shall give plenty in the mighty name of Jesus. Last week I was telling you something very powerful. Sometimes most strangers, you don't mind them. Look from Genesis to Revelation. God does not play. With even strangers. But man, Nigeria for me now. You meet someone you don't know, and the person asks you something. Tell me, I don't know. I will give you. Be very careful. You may, you, you may be meeting an angel, and you have missed something great. If you meet someone and the person asks of you, and you have it, if you don't have all that he's asking, what you have. I'm teaching you a principle that if you start doing it, master, your house will never lack bread. I said, if you start doing this thing, your house will never lack bread. You will never beg for bread. Let's acknowledge God. Eh, you can give 10% as Thanksgiving. You can give 50% as Thanksgiving. You can give 1%. Percent. The principle is acknowledge that God is your source. What's it, Mekano? God is your source. It's not because I work hard. And when you do that, you're going to see your life flourish. I know I will see you at the top. I know I will see you a prosperous person. Poverty will never be seen in your life. The house of witness in the house. I said, poverty shall never be seen in your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. God has blessed us. And so shall our lives be full of prosperity. by the friends and partners of the Spirit Life people. For further information, kindly visit us at www.thespiritlife.com.